0: everybody Um, I'm hosting tonight and we have uh, nobody in the back room except Gaz so if you have any questions oh sorry if you have any questions please just um, put them in the chat and hopefully Gaz will put them to us and we might even see some of them you never know so I would like to first of all start off saying that um, Panorama produced a documentary. They enabled John Ware to produce the documentary, and what he did was uh, they funded it, and he produced a documentary with bad faith actors. Um, They weren't ordinary people, they were something else, and uh, so we decided that we had to refute this uh, documentary. And we crowdfunded a couple of grand, um, a bunch of us, Wear Red, Fox Political, Unity News, the Prol Star, and some independent uh, producers and directors gave us some, gave some helping hands. And it took us two years, but um, the, the documentary is out now. It's called Reaching Over the Noise, and here's a little trailer for you. If you play that, please, Cass.
1: The Panorama programme, Is Labour Anti-Semitic?, claimed to be an impartial examination of the assertions that anti-Jewish sentiment was rife in the Labour Party. The evidence seemed pretty conclusive. It would certainly lead most people with no prior knowledge to assume the Labour Party really did have a problem with anti-Semitism. We were told about examples of anti-Semitism since Jeremy Corbyn had become leader. We saw Labour staffers claiming the leadership Undermine them and stop them taking action against anti-Semites. This was reinforced by the former head of the party's legal and governance unit, as well as the party's erstwhile general secretary. Pretty cut and dried, you
0: might think. Think again. I think this is a completely arvinist corruption within the Labour Party. I think the
2: anti-Semitism accusation within the Labour Party is a farce. As, as far as I know, that the mainstream media and, and, uh, works for the interest of the state of Israel. And the anti-Semitism scandal in the Labour Party <coughs> is, no, is nothing new, something which Zionists uh, have been doing since their
1: movement has begun. I don't believe Jeremy Corbyn is an anti-Semitic person.
0: I don't think anyone was aware or even thought twice about whether Ben Westerman was Jewish or not. But that's how people like me get treated, as if we're not really Jewish. We're not, you know, we're the wrong sort of Jew. Well, uh, I don't know how shocking the documentary that John Ware produced was to all of you who may have watched it. But uh, we'd all watched The Lobby by Al Jazeera and we knew the truth and we knew that this was a Zionist attempt to, to smear people, to close them down to stop them speaking the truth and supporting Palestine. So, we we decided to speak to real people. So, first of all, I'd like to speak to uh, shan Bloor. She told us her story. Hello, Shan.
3: Hi, Lizzie. How are you? It's very strange being on the, this side of the
0: camera, being interviewed for a change. Well, when uh, I came to Manchester, when I was filming, Uh, the documentary when we were filming the documentary and I was interviewing people and we came to Manchester and you were you felt unable to come on camera at that time yeah I was and um... we really would like to hear your story or just a little bit about it is there one particular point that you would like to get over
3: yeah, um I mean at the time I was suffering with I still suffer with anxiety um over everything that happened. Um it's quite a long story which I won't go into uh tonight um because we're we're only really interested in the panorama uh documentary. And um when I watched that I knew um well I knew one of the one of the people on that documentary personally um, uh, who I considered to be a a friend and a comrade and um, I also um, saw Sam Matthews on there talking about how he was suicidal and he wanted to jump off the top of the Labour HQ building Um, and that made me absolutely sick to the pit of my stomach because it it was him that stole my information and passed it on to um, the Times, uh, to a journalist called Gabriel Pogrund. Now, um, just going back a little bit, um, Naomi Wimborne Idrisi of JVL had given a talk in Manchester and um, it was secretly filmed by somebody who used to be in my CLP and he was the person who um, dredged up a lot of um, information about me and passed it on to the Labour Party for investigation. he's a real troublemaker. Um, And um, he was bragging about it on Twitter that he filmed it and he passed um, the information over to the Jewish Chronicle, who then ran a story on Naomi. So I felt it was in, um, it, you know, I it, I had a responsibility to advise Naomi who this person was um, because she was being smeared. So I emailed her and uh, and told her who this person was. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to give him the gravitas of having his name mentioned. Um, But I gave her his name. And um, in doing so, um, she copied in a a few other members of JVL. Unfortunately, one of the people who she copied in was actually in the process of writing a report um, for somebody who had been um, under investigation by the Labour Party. And he was actually liaising with Sam Matthews at the time. And he accidentally um, sent our email to Sam Matthews. Um, He then very quickly followed this up with a, that was sent in error. Can you please delete the email? Moving forward, um, there was then a story that came out um, about me in the Times. So Gabriel Pogrund wrote ran a story about me. I was previously a division secretary, secretary in my borough for the National Union of Teachers, and I did a lot of casework, obviously, um, in that role. Um, and I, I was a, you know, I was a very strong campaigner for education. So um, they made a big thing about it because I was a, a union representative. Um, so the story is still up there on the Times website. He won't take it down. But they basically accused me of conspiracy with the JVL, of conspiring against this guy. Um, and they also ran um, other Uh, news about, they were saying that I was expelled by the Labour Party, but then I was readmitted, which was complete lies. Now, this guy in my CLP, he had Originally, as I said before, in the beginning, he had dredged up some information. He'd looked back on my um, social media and he'd found some really tenuous tweets that I'd sent out and tried to create this narrative around these tweets that I was anti-Semitic. Are you Jewish? No, I'm not Jewish, no. No. Um, so he was trying to say that I, this narrative, and he's not Jewish either. Um, so he was trying to make this narrative that I was anti Um, and, um, he even went so far as, I don't know whether it was him or somebody else who was tweeting out, um, because I had a big pile on from, you know, the online trolls. Um, but they even went so far as to Photoshop, um, uh, something with my name on it, and it's clearly photoshopped, um, and it was complete lies. So this story was ran about me in the Times, and it was complete lies. The Sun then took it up, and then the BBC um, put a, a you know a thirty second um, flash upon the uh, sort of six o'clock local news. Um, now the truth of the matter is that um, Sam Matthews um, had stolen my information. I had been investigated, but I'd also been exonerated. I was never expelled from the Labour Party and I wasn't even suspended. So, even though I was under investigation, they said that I could still attend meetings, I could still vote, et cetera, et cetera. So, there was no suspension whatsoever. And then it was 12 months later, they wrote to me and said, You've been investigated. We've not found anything at all. But here's a, a copy of our new sort of social media rules and everything, you know. Please be careful not to, to do anything like that. Um, so, so that was the end of it. So I hadn't been expelled. I hadn't been suspended. And I hadn't been readmitted because I was always a member. Yeah. So um, and then um, about, I don't know, if six to know, eight months ago, Gabriel Pogrund wrote a book called Left Out. And it was all about uh, the Jeremy Corbyn years. And there's a couple of pages that he dedicates um, to Sam Matthews um, and what actually happened. So he he talks about in his book that Sam Matthews actually stole all this member's information. He then passed it on to one of Tom Watson's advisors, who then dished it out to um, different journalists. Yeah. Um, and that's how they came by this information. How that made me feel, you know, I have been suffering with anxiety. I was um, everything that I'd been through because I I, I was agoraphobic, because I was being attacked all the time. I couldn't even, I couldn't answer the door. I couldn't answer a telephone call. I was scared for my kids and I was suicidal. Um, You know, these people don't understand how it makes you feel and how frightened it makes you feel um, for your own safety and that of your families. So to hear Sam Matthews saying that he wanted to jump off the building of Labour HQ after he'd been given a golden handshake, so he'd apparently signed a non-disclosure agreement um, and got a payoff. And then after the Panorama programme, Keir Starmer, I believe, had paid him out a six-figure sum And here I am with no job. Um, I can't, you know, suffering with anxiety. I can't actually put myself through getting another job at the moment at at all. I can't, you know, foresee that happening ever again. Um, It's left me very, very poorly, um, mentally poorly. So I reported all this to the Labour Party and I spoke to their data protection manager who was a lady called Cassie Mathers and I had lengthy conversations with her about it, showed her all the evidence that I had that it was Sam Matthews and she said that they were going to take him to court because he'd broken his NDA. So um, They asked me if I would be a witness. I agreed. I wrote a witness statement for them. And then the next thing, um, Sam Matthews and Gabriel Pogrund um, are tweeting out a a letter that Sam Matthews had received from Carter Rook, who was the Labour Party's solicitors, saying that he was a whistleblower, and he was a victim, and blah, blah, blah. I then uh, then heard that the Labour Party had dropped the case against him, um, so I tried to get in touch um, with the Labour Party, I phoned and phoned and phoned, get, uh, Cassie wouldn't take my calls, I emailed, she wouldn't answer my emails, I contacted um, the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office. And, was this um,
0: before Sam Matthews um, got his payout, before Starmer was leader?
3: Yes, it was, yes. Yeah. When
0: they were just covering everything up.
3: That's right. Yeah.
0: So, I'm, I'm really sorry to, to cut the story short, but we No, haven't it's fine.
3: I've, I've come before. to the end now, Lizzie. That's sort of like, you know, uh, a very short version of a very yeah. long story.
0: Well, I'm I'm sure that we we shall talk about it again. And I'm really sorry that you didn't feel able, uh brave enough to, to tell your story when I was fil- when we were filming but um, I'm glad that you've been given the chance now to just tell us a little bit about it. And you're an ordinary mother and wife and teacher. Well, you were a teacher, oh, well, I do. So, yes. yeah. And your life has been destroyed. Yeah, and yeah. now I'd like to talk to, um, you can stay on the screen if you'd like to, Sian. Um I'd like to bring in Mike Sivier, please. Hello. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, hi. hi. So, Mike, uh, you run uh, Vox Political. I do. um, For a number of years now, you've been attacked, taken to court, won the court case, um, being exonerated. So just if you could just tell us a little bit, you know, you you felt how you felt, why you felt that we had to make this documentary to refute the panorama narrative.
2: Well, I'm very interested in what Sean just had to say, actually, about... uh... The the people at the Labour Party and Gabriel Pogrand at the Sunday Times. Sunday Times it was for me uh, yeah. because I there was a story about me in the Sunday Times. Gabriel Pogrand again. I had no idea who it was in Labour who had passed the information on to him. Uh, so that's it's very interesting information that that, that came from Sean just then uh, because that's a that was a missing link for me uh, when I took the Labour Party to court and uh, uh, under. Uh, information uh, data protection uh, law they said they couldn't do anything because they didn't know who it was who had passed the information on to the press and see I was skeptical I had no evidence Hmm?
0: in fact they did know uh, who it was but they were in the midst of just uh, covering over that bit
2: that's right they were under the carpet with it all So that was very interesting for me uh, that 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 was what happened. Yes. So I had a story in the Sunday uh, Times uh, saying that I was a Holocaust denier, which was uh, retracted when Labour actually tried to um, uh, push me out of the party and they succeeded. I was uh, was given the boot from the Labour Party uh, on some very dodgy um, charges. They were different from the ones under which I was originally um, suspended. It was um, as I if was...
0: they couldn't make those sticks, so they searched around for a different one.
2: Well, that's how it looked to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, there, was, there was an article uh, on the website of the uh, charity Campaign Against Anti Semitism uh, that was, it used quotations from Vox Political, but it selected them very, very carefully. And then there was a lot of editorializing as well to make me look anti-Semitic when in fact the articles weren't. And I wrote a subsequent article, Debunking It All. Uh and then I think uh Labour was given the original article, then saw what I had written, took it away for a very long time, a, a good few months, thought about it long and hard, charged me with other things.
0: Yeah. And then
2: I was uh and then I was uh, I I they they thought they were going to just get me to um submit to Retraining with the Jewish Labour movement which uh, You have to
0: admit guilt then though To do that don't you
2: Exactly and I wasn't going to Because I hadn't done anything wrong So so I said no no Thank you very much I'd rather go to the National Constitutional Committee And have a hearing And um, go through all of that And they said oh well don't you know You're you're likely to be expelled anyway if, If that happens And I was just like well It doesn't really make that much difference to me Because it's my good name anyway Yeah. So uh, I went along and uh, we had the hearing and it turned out that they weren't really all that interested in whether I was an anti-Semite or not. What they were worried about was the fact that I was writing articles uh, that had that they considered to be bringing the Labour Party into disrepute because uh, I was referring to people who had been accused, looking at the evidence and finding that they were not really guilty of anything. You know, you have to be uh, you have to actually show hatred for Jewish people to be an anti-Semite. Yeah, and uh, th- that's a quite a high bar to reach. In actual fact, you know, unless people are actually saying, um, you know, something hateful about Jewish people, plainly in plain sight, then that's not proved. You know, well, do you
0: think and... that you, what you were actually doing was supporting the uh, the Palestinian people?
2: Uh, it didn't really... No, that wasn't really uh, part of it. I mean... Uh,
0: it was the, just purely the, writing the articles. Sorry? It was purely writing the articles... Yes, uh, it was. ...investigating people's cases that had been they'd been charged with from Labour. It was. I mean, certainly, if they were
2: supporting uh, Palestinian people who were being oppressed by um, the Israeli government... Uh, then that would come through in the article, certainly. But that wasn't really the thrust of it. The thrust was whether these people were actually um, performing acts of anti-Semitism yeah. that could be identified as that or not. And my case was that they they couldn't actually be identified as that. The Labour case was that the accusation was everything. If you were accused, then uh, you were guilty until you were able to prove yourself innocent. Yeah, which is the it's that's completely topsy turvy. Uh, as far as I, I'm well, as far as the law is concerned in this country, you see anyway, um, yeah, I did take labor party to court um, over aspects of it, the data protection, the um, uh, and um, the judge because he was unable to rule in my favor because the rules weren't broken and the reason the rules weren't broken was because they were so amorphous. Yeah. They didn't actually mean anything. They just said that an investigation had to happen. And the regulations were something different. And they changed over the time I was under investigation because I was under investigation for a long, old time. And uh, so... How many
0: years in, in total have you been?
2: Two years and a half. <sighs> May, 7, May 2017 to, oh no, yeah, to November 2019. And then i took labor to court, and that was november twenty twenty um yeah so the regulations changed and the judge in my case in twenty twenty uh, actually agreed that labor had that it was entirely possible at least that labor had um had manipulated the uh this their its own system in order to present uh an impression that i was guilty of what they were charging me with which wasn't actually so, anti-semitism it was it was bringing the party into disrepute no, you, you were
0: investigating people's cases that they'd been charged with by the labour party yes. so you weren't actually um expressing any anti-Jewish sentiment you weren't um, you weren't actually even supporting Palestinian people you were just investigating charges that people brought you a story and you investigated those stories which any journalist would do
2: yes exactly from the point of view of the ordinary person in the street yeah as well. Are you know.
0: still writing those sort of articles? Are you still helping people with their cases or looking at their cases?
2: Um, Not so much at the moment, but that's just because uh, those kind of things haven't come my way lately. Uh, that's all. Um, I would uh, if, you know, if, if I had the, the opportunity to do it and to say something that other people weren't saying as yeah. well. You know, I mean, when I started out, I, I, I started out talking about Ken Livingstone Um and the the things that occurred to me from what he had said, you know, uh, they were talking about the Nasha. He was talking about Nasha and the things that she had uh, had put out, um, and the images that she put out. One of which was Martin Luther King, of course. Um, and th- uh, Vanessa Feltz made a big fuss about it on her radio show. Oh, look at this picture of this man uh, with the words: "Everything that uh, Hitler did in Germany was legal," and of course it. It became quite embarrassing because it was this huge uh, anti-racism campaigner uh, making the point that, uh, yeah, terrible um, racists who are in charge can get away with anything because it's legal. It kind of comes back and bites Labour now because, of course, anything they do, the the leaders of Labour now do, to the membership is entirely within the rules, because they make the rules.
0: Yeah. It's the same thing. So when when we got together and decided to, uh, to refute the documentary that John Ware had uh, been funded by uh, Panorama to do, uh, you did the, a lot of research and you verified a lot of the uh, stories that we were told. And um, do you think that... How did you feel when you saw that programme? Did you know any of those people, those those people that were saying they were different people in, in John Ware's documentary?
2: Well, I mean, I was familiar with uh, the name Sam Matthews because he was uh, the person who wrote to me uh, to tell me that I was being investigated at first. Um, but uh, really, a lot of those stories were um, individual cases. Uh, you know, they all had... Um, their individual stories to tell you know so there was the one person who went and dealt with Liverpool Wavertree there was another person uh who dealt with another constituency so they talked about that even though they were all in the same office uh and they were all doing um you know the same things and I think that they're um they were all singing from the same song sheet yeah
0: you know yeah right well I'd like to bring in Excuse me, Jason Cridlin Now I don't know if you both want to stay on with us. Hi, Jace.
1: Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jason.
0: Right. So you, um, Dorset. Eye and you, you're on the map, aren't you? Tell us a little bit about the map.
1: Yes, um, we were sent that oh, three years ago. Um, basically, it was a, it was a, a map of identifying. Um, I think it was the the, the National Crew alongside anti-Semitism wherever it is. Yeah, the campaign um, against
0: anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah, um, and they decided that they would identify specific individuals that they believed they had valid information on all this. They Everybody. said, they did. <laughs> yeah, if you, and- if
0: you weren't on that map that was not right yes everybody was on that map
1: with yeah. their
0: names and addresses
1: with their names and addresses absolutely it came as a complete shock cuz i got a phone call one night from somebody who was very emotional and she started telling me how she was on the map and i was sort of listening cuz obviously dorset eyes is, is citizen media so it's about you know the public's voices um listening to people's stories listening to you know events and experiences that they have and if they want it to be published then that's what we do and so you know she was reeling all this stuff off and then suddenly she said and you're on the map too um so having listened to her experiences and, and trying to digest it um suddenly i was you know taken aback by the fact that she was you know revealing this type of information um my instinct wasn't really to you know jump up and down really my instinct was really to try and get some information together and the map together and get it out there for for the public really to to be made aware that this type of thing was going on you know using allegations which were you know i, I can only speak for myself but i'm um, also Sorry, I can yeah. speak on behalf of of, of most if not all of the people who were on the map that it was absolutely it was spurious rubbish Um, but it was we know lizzie that it was part of a a campaign it was you know the panorama program the map and all that it was just lots of little tentacles that were all taking place around the same time to create a a holistic picture that they wanted to present um, outwardly so that they believed that by doing so jeremy corbyn um, and this project would get nowhere near power yeah and, and unfortunately you know it, it just became as a part of the puzzle so by yeah. the you know the corporate media and social media day in day out throwing out anti-semitism 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 yeah it it, it put doubt in some people's minds. but one thing we also need to remember of course is that um, Jeremy Corbyn, even in two thousand and nineteen, got over ten million votes. yeah, so and Boris Johnson got just over thirteen million votes. Um, and most of that election was determined by Brexit,
2: yeah
1: and getting Brexit done. So <laughs> I actually doubt very much whether this crusade that took place from the Zionist hawks in Israel, The corporate media, the trolls on social media, the establishment, the Conservative Party and the right wing of the Labour Party. They put in all this energy and all this effort and loads and loads of people have suffered as a direct result, especially psychologically. And in some cases, they've taken their own life. It has to be remembered.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But it played a very, very, very small part, in my perspective, in the actual election result because it was much more about convincing people that Boris Johnson was going to get Brexit done. Yeah. And, and, and after four years of oohing and ari and, and, and the, the Remainer versus the, the, the Lever, you know, this, this conflict, this civil war that was almost taking place in the corporate media and social media, in families, um, that became the deciding factor. The anti-Semitism thing was just part of the process of undermining Jeremy Corbyn because whenever he went out and spoke to people, he filled the venues, he filled the fields. He did. Whereas the Tory leaders, for example, would probably get you know five dogs, three middle-aged white people, <laughs> and, and a lot of and a lot of rotting fruit.
0: We used so- to put memes out, didn't we, of uh, phone boxes. Uh, say next next meeting here.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So all this
1: psychological damage that was done to people was was yeah. was part of a process,
0: but yeah. it's, as
1: I said before, and just to undermine it, it played a very insignificant part. I think in the end, in terms of the election.
0: Well, for for my part, I still get um, I I still get people very very angrily uh shouting at me you mustn't um put put an article from dorset eye on extinction rebellion network because they're anti-semitic of course and it's like how can people still not have fathomed that out you know that 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 was part of of a, a strategy that they employed which was very successful I was hoping we were hoping that Ellie would have joined us um, Ellie was on the map and uh, she had a car firebombed um, uh, so because uh, people found out where she lived and she had a car firebomb. she's a Jewish family you know but the like, like the lady said in the trailer the wrong kind of Jew so uh, and Zionism used to be a very tiny bit of um the jewish uh religion or the jewish nation i'm not sure if it's a re- i'm i'm not jewish and i don't know many jewish people before all these smears and attacks um are on people i i wouldn't even have known as much as i do now because you know i wouldn't even have known who of my friends were jewish or not and i wouldn't have thought to ask them because it's absolutely irrelevant i don't go around saying to my friends are you catholic or are you are you hindu or are you you know what what it's got nothing to do with whether i like the person or not absolutely nothing so um we 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 got together um well jason and mike and several others of us um that they they couldn't come on the show because they can't be named and they can't be identified um and we worked as hard as we could to to produce the documentary i hope you all uh go and watch it it's on youtube gaz will put the link i think is i think the link's in the uh in the bump that comes with the uh with the show so when we decided that when we watched this program we were just all up in arms But do you want to do you remember what it was like at that time let's go back to Sean. you know when that first came out were you spitting feathers were you you know just absolutely lost I, I was
3: I was flabbergasted and lost and felt a great sense of injustice. Um, you know, because so you know, ordinary folk like us we don't have the money to take these people to court. I don't have the money to take the times to court. You know, I I, I did phone up the BBC and I wrote to them and um, I phoned them up as soon as I saw the report on the six o'clock news. And they I told them it was um, lies and they immediately took it down. They didn't show it on the 10 o'clock news. Um, I appealed to the Sun and uh, they took their story down. Um, but Gabriel Pogrund, refuses to this day to take um, that story down. Because he knows there's nothing I can do about it. He knows I can't take the times to court. I don't just don't have the money. So ordinary folk like us just have to suffer the injustice. And I can't even describe. I don't have the words to describe how that feels. Um, like I said well, before. You have your life
0: threatened and, and your job threatened and your whole, absolute your whole life yeah they destroyed
3: me they destroyed me yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and they've destroyed lots of people you know what about you jason when you watched that um panorama documentary that was funded by the bbc
1: um to to be fair i mean looking back I, i gave that particular panorama program a cursory glance and the reason i gave it a cursory glance is because they ran trailers for the, the, the three, four days leading up to the program, and you could tell from the trailers that <laughs> it was, you know, it was Hans Christian Andersen on Angel Dust. You know, really, it was just a pathetic attempt. Um, can I just also throw in here, because obviously Sean and, and Mike have, have given their experiences. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not members of the Labour Party. We never have been. We're not members of any political party. And, and the idea, from our perspective, is that, from our perspective, it's, it's about neutrality. You know, we don't we don't invite only one particular um, ideology or sympathy to, to to be part of you know the publication. Yeah. But we had um, on a Friday afternoon, we had a knock on the door, and um, it was obviously before COVID. I mean, probably the year before COVID. I can't, I can't remember exactly. And the police. there and they came in and they they received um an an official um from report from uh, rachel riley of countdown fame and of eight out of ten cats and she'd made this she'd made a formal complaint about us being anti-semitic um we just gave them everything you know the information we knew it was it was about a particular article that we published it wasn't you know holistically at the Dorse eye it was about this one article which is of course what you referred earlier to you know people at extinction rebellion um saying oh you know don't put that on their page on the page because Dorse eye are anti-semitic um and we probably need a discussion about that at another point but the police did their investigation they contacted us four or five weeks later and said there was no case to answer Mm-hmm. Um, and you know most actually to be honest most of the conversation ended up being why well, haven't we report Rachel Riley because effectively she's she's wasting police time she's making a yeah. rubbish up um, yeah. and she's a pool a, sorry a tool for somebody but you know who that person is or who that organization is is, is probably never going to be known but the issue is of course is that you know you know we fronted up, we knew we were innocent, we knew that the content of the article was absolutely no anti-Semitism in there whatsoever, and that we know that if you're going to have a, a proper debate, you've got to bring in two sides of the story and then analyse it and then reach conclusions. The fact that some people don't like that, well, I'm sorry, but that's just up to them. But it's the individuals, it's like, you know, Sean and Mike and their experiences, and, and the hundreds of people that have contacted us, that have some of which have, said, have sent their, their articles into us for us to publish. Um, they have just been absolutely desperate, yeah. you know. But interestingly, as time went by, most of the people that we interacted with were relieved. They were relieved that they got out of labour, because for them, once Jeremy Corbyn lost that two thousand and nineteen election, there was nothing left for them. Most of them they only rejoined the party in 2015 when jeremy became elected and to be fair most of them weren't going to miss it it was they were just to excuse the language pissed off that they had all this trumped up garbage that was used against them and in some cases obviously you know it got into the corporate media who were rubbing their hands with glee. um you know so it wasn't like it was you know jeremy corbyn was still the leader and they had everything to fight for you know they just in the end, it was so bloody what, yeah, uh, and and that that's important to remember because I think you know this is <laughs> the Sam Matthews of this world rubbing their hands and the the Nash Jews rubbing their hands thinking we got rid of it, but most of them couldn't wait to get out because yeah. they just they just knew the party had become an absolute joke.
0: Yeah,
3: there's a yeah. question just come in, Lizzie from Tig uh, Tigs, uh, saying why is the Labour left-wing membership not uniting and taking the right wing to court for hijacking their party now i know chris had a, a court case um with some members uh through um the, um, the the, the law left left yeah, yeah the left fighting fund project um, in conjunction with Jewish Voice for Labour and they I think there was about eight um, two of the cases got dropped um, so there ended up to be four uh, five or six of them I think um, and basically they ruled that it's their party they they can make the rules they can decide who's in the party and who's not in the party so yeah. there's no point in taking them to court because you lose yeah um, and you'll just end up you know losing a lot of money i mean that that court case you know i'm putting my finger in the air here but i reckon it, it must have cost between 100 and 200 thousand pounds to take that court case because they had to pay costs as well on top of that yeah. because they lost um so i don't know if mike might have uh, something further to
0: add to that well this is it you know the the costs of uh bringing a court case let alone what the judge awards so did, you had that problem, didn't you, Mike?
2: Well, I've been lucky in my court cases, really. Um, I mean, when I took Labour to court, it was small claims court. Um, and uh, when I lost, the judge said that I didn't have to pay anything uh, because I, it, I was well within my rights to actually bring it to court in the first place. Uh, Labour had employed several uh, solicitors, lawyers. Um, I can't remember how, how the grade went um, for quite a lot of money. So they lost quite a lot on that. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, yeah, don't get me talking about Rachel Riley. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, that did. case is still going on. Uh, yeah. so, uh, and I've crowdfunded for it. So, uh, you know, it's nearly £200,000 I've crowdfunded now. Yeah. So, uh, and that's still going on. Um, hopefully, there will be a trial next year. Sometime. So, but I don't know when. Watch this space, basically.
1: Um, but, I'm the only uh, app. looking forward to it, though. I'm the only member of the team that doesn't throw a brick at the TV when she comes on. <laughs> I don't turn it on when she's on. <laughs> you could, you know, well, sometimes you can't have it, can you? You know what I mean? You know, all, all, this, all the TV screen or whatever, but yeah, yeah i mean it, it's it's i you know.
3: don't watch telly anymore jason <laughs> I, don't watch
0: television like, so. I can choose what i watch yeah. i definitely wouldn't watch anything like that no <laughs> so when we think about it um when when we watched when we watched the mm-hmm. panorama program we knew what what they were actually doing they were employing the same strategy as the i can't remember her name now the woman who announced that uh, well it's a it's a it's a strategy we always use because once you've been accused of anti-semitism where is there to go yeah <laughs> so we've you know they always use it and uh so we had so many people Um, we had a a woman called Jay. I won't give her any more of her name. And, uh, she was hounded, absolutely hounded and nobody believed her. And she was of very good standing within her CLP. And in the end, after two years of fighting, um, she, I, I went to, I filmed her. We filmed her and, uh, Afterwards, she started crying, and I said, "Why? Why are you crying?" And she said, "Because, because you listened to me," and that was the first time anyone had listened to her. Uh, and you know, uh, I won't say believed her because it was so; it was absolutely true what she was saying. But just, just to hear her, because nobody had heard her before. Yeah, I, was- I I agree
3: with that, Lizzie. You know, it's um. I had to pay a counsellor to listen to me.
0: <laughs> so,
3: so yeah, it's it's really important. It's important to be able to, you know, uh, I'm doing this now, telling my side of the story now. Just, I mean, hopefully it'll make me feel better. I can finally get it off my chest, you know, nearly three years down the line, um, and hopefully try and sort of heal some of this anxiety that I keep suffering with. And um, somebody's put on, um, a post on here saying the. Conservative Party have just announced that they are going to be outlawing BDS. (laughs)
0: Not surprising, really. It's unbelievable, isn't it? When you think about the the history of, uh, I know Jason and I have discussed this before, uh, of South Africa's apartheid state. And uh, when we get into the whole question of is Israel an apartheid state, well, the Labour Party declared Israel was an apartheid state at their conference, and the Irish, Northern Irish, is it Danny Boyd? I can't remember his second surname. Sorry. Sorry. Um, They've declared that Israel is an apartheid state. And if you look at the the years that um, BDS... Was the was the only tool that we had in our arsenal to free to free South Africa of its apartheid state. And apparently a lot of people from South Africa then went to Israel apparently. <laughs> and it's happening now. And uh, when well, I'm trying to think of all the things that boycott boycotting and divesting and, and sanctions are employed daily. By the American state and by the UK state, even if we don't hear about it as ordinary people, it's terrible, isn't it?
3: Um, what, one of the other things I wanted to mention was the um, in the in the film that they did in the panorama um, documentary. Um, They never named any of those people, did they? They didn't put their names on the screens.
0: Well, they didn't, did they? Because most of them were employees at the Israeli embassy.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, I mean, the person that I personally knew was the vice president of the Jewish labor movement. Um, who was a friend and a comrade. Um, But I have to say, um, the story that he told, I can absolutely corroborate that. Um, And um, I saw a video that was sent to him, and it was absolutely disgusting. And in fact, I was one of the people who was trying to encourage him to um, report it to the police. Um, That man was disgusting. And that was absolutely Um, anti-Semitic. But, uh, you know, the rest of them, Darling Ella Rose, who is now, uh,
0: she's standing to be confirmed. She's apparently. standing. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that says it all. And the trouble is that, like Jason, I mean, I was never political. I always thought that we should stay out of politics. I did um, briefly join Labour to support Jeremy Corbyn, but that was a personal decision. It was nothing to do with Unity News. Um, we always took the stand we did we did support all of the manifesto of the Labour Party at that time of Jeremy Corbyn's tenure as leader so it wasn't that we were a cult of Corbyn but we wanted the same things we wanted you know our NHS saved for a start our water re our, our electric our gas our our trains, trail services, our buses, you know, oh, it's it's just all of it is is just everything that we wanted. And to see um, all of our all of our people working working 60 hours a week and still unable to pay uh, for a decent standard of living and still having to claim benefits to support them. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous. So I think that the story of Palestine and the fact that um, Israel is an apartheid state and it is subjugating the the Palestinians' people, it's taken their land, now it's demolishing their houses and building their own houses on it, it's built walls. Uh, Banksy has got a hotel there which looks out at the wall, which he decorates regularly. You know, um, and people don't ever hear these stories, you know, and all the people who voice support for Palestine were targeted, weren't they? Good to see a cat there, Jace.
3: Yeah, it was it was people who voiced support for Palestine and also, the, you know, people who were supporting that socialist agenda under Jeremy Corbyn. Um, I mean, I was, I believe that I was targeted because I was one of a couple of people who started um, sort of a, we started a, J- a JC 4pm group within our CLP um, and we grew from sort of two or three people to five and from meeting at somebody's house we then had to start meeting in the pub and we ended up with about 80 people so then we decided that we should become momentum so i facilitated um that transition from our little group to become uh, momentum and um i believe that's why
0: i was targeted hmm. well momentum is a whole other story isn't
1: it I just well, something it, up yeah. we were never yeah. um we were never party political not that we weren't ever political there is a, there is a big distinction that has to be yes. made between party yes, politics, sorry, yes. politics
0: yes
2: can i just add something to what sean was saying earlier on uh about having seen um evidence showing somebody very definitely being anti-semitic i think it is very important for us to, to make the point that nobody is denying that anti-Semitism exists and that it is in the Labour Party. A lot
0: of people are asking, can you tell us what is anti-Semitic? Because they don't know.
2: Well, it's basically hatred towards Jewish people because they are Jews, mm-hmm. you know, for their Jewishness, you know, um, because of their ethnicity, because of their religion, Um because that is their way of life um, it's it's it incre- it's extremely irrational when you think about it you know because uh, it, as we were um saying earlier on you don't actually ask people what their religion is at any point uh during your, your not usually anyway at any point during your career you know when i was a, a clp officer constituency labor party officer you know I dealt with people who were Jewish on a, a regular basis. I had no idea until I was actually accused, and they all said, uh, "You haven't done anything wrong, Mike." And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them uh, stood up next to me, you know, or sat down next to me. I should say at the hearings. Uh, you know, they were witnesses for me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it that that's the thing. It's hatred of Jewish people because they are Jewish people, uh, and for no other reason. And it's, uh, as I say, it's a very hard thing to actually show unless somebody is coming out with it in a very clear way. I mean, uh, one of the things in my court case uh, with Rachel Riley that has gone past now was that my defense of truth fell because I wasn't able to actually put up evidence saying that she had said the particular things that I had found uh, in her words. Uh so uh we're going on the uh, public interest, which show which uh defense which is uh what my impression was having seen the way she behaved. Uh so uh that's the way it is, but uh, to say it was truth, to say uh, and putting it back onto anti-Semitism, to say somebody is being anti-Semitic because of their behavior, and you know, they have said something like uh with Ken Livingstone uh saying that. Hitler, or the Nazis, had an agreement with the German Federation of Zionists in order to uh, deport Jewish people to what was then British Mandate Palestine. To say that that was was anti Semitic, to say that he was saying that Hitler was a Zionist, is several steps too far. Yeah. You know, Livingston has gone on and said some questionable things afterwards. Uh, I, I would have to admit that. But what he said there, there was nothing anti-Semitic in it at all.
0: No, it was just facts. And wasn't it strange that, uh, like John Ware and his people that readily assembled to appear on his programme, um, it, it was very strange that John Mann had a camera crew with him when he happened to bump into Ken Livingstone. Very strange. And, oh, and- they're, now, they're now anti-Semitism's are the yeah. Tory Lord. For the he's the Tory Lord, yes. And uh, that says it all, doesn't it? And the other one is Toby Young. Um he's got he he's got a very very questionable uh, agenda. Right, so is there any last closing statements? We've got a few minutes left, or if, if we've got any questions, Gaz. Um, I'm just looking at the uh,
3: the comments as they're coming in, and uh, lots of statements. Um,
0: not You're any questions, really. Please, yeah. please, can you bankrupt Rachel Riley, Mike? <laughs> 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 you know, I, I, I would like
1: just to make one point. If that's you know, I, I don't want to get in too deep here in terms of the essence of philosophy and all that sort of stuff. But one of the things we need to understand about language is that the meaning of language is largely determined by those people who hold positions in power, and it passes from generation across generation, and obviously it it is quite fluid, but it's very rare that the language is determined from the bottom up. It's much more likely to determine from the top down. So in terms of a definition, for example, like anti-Semitism, um, it can stay static for decades, but when it when it's politicized, and we know who holds the the, the purse strings and the power boots when it comes to um, as I say de- defining language when it's politicized it can be taken anywhere pretty much anywhere they want it to be taken so we move away from when Mike was talking about it just being this bigotry this hatred towards the Jewish faith or the Jewish culture and it could be taken into the field of Zionism yeah. So therefore, when you start challenging the existence of Israel, you're not attacking Jewish people. You're attacking the state, an artificial state that was created, gerrymandered in the last hundred years or so. But when you start questioning it and then you question the 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 way in which minority groups within those areas are now being treated, yeah. it's easy for the people in power to come back and go, anti-Semite, anti-Semite, because it fits with their political modus operandi. yeah, And there's very little that we can do about it. So this documentary in itself was a response to that.
0: Yeah,
1: It was a response to a hand-selected group of people that the British establishment decided to use the BBC for at a time when they thought it was politically expedient to do so. And we have reacted and responded to it. And the documentary has come out in 2021, when, when Let's face it, as I said before, the election wasn't determined by this discussion and this debate. And for most people, even though we get this vitriol, for most people, they have moved on.
3: I just want to give Tony Greenstein's Crowdfunder a, a plug. Um, if somebody could post it in the link, uh, a, a link in the um, comments, that would be great. Um, but uh, Tony is actually crowdfunding uh, to try and get his book published that he's written um, about the Havara Agreement. Um, I can't remember what the title of it is now, but it's um, it's about what Ken Livingston said. It was about the agreement made between the Zionists and um, and Hitler. Um, and he wants to get that book published so I just want to give Tony Greenstein's crowdfunder a plug because he's under attack again at the moment by the Zionist lobby and so um, if somebody could post the link in chat that would be great Uh, if not we'll uh, we'll try and find the link and post it under the YouTube description uh, for you
1: and of course that's, that's his historical statement of fact Yes you know it is. actually happened it's been well documented for 60 70 years we know about it and we've known about it people have been taught it in in university mm-hmm. lecture halls but suddenly it became persona non grata and suddenly it became a tool in which to beat people who repeated it yeah that's the really really scary thing
2: yes i mean when i was looking up um my background information for ken livingstone when i was researching all that um, I found information about the Havar Agreement in the Jewish Virtual Library. You know that doesn't that say it all?
0: Yes, mm,
1: it absolutely does, Mike.
2: <clears throat>
0: yeah, and yeah. Uh, somebody's saying on the chat about uh, John Mann being um, anti-anti-Roma as well, anti-traveller, anti-Gypsy, and that uh, it's strange how. The tables get turned and the people that are calling us anti-Semites are the ones who hate other people.
3: Well, they're projecting their racism onto other people, onto yes. anti-racists. That's exactly yeah. what they are doing. Um, mm. You know, they point the finger at us anti-racists when they're actually the racists. And, you know, there you go. John Mann, he, he is a complete racist and he's um, he's well known for it. He's put leaflets out in his constituency about it um, mm. against the the Gypsy and Roma people. and uh, And there he is fighting for Zionism. Say no
0: yeah. more right so we've got a a minute left so i'd just like to say thank you very much sean jason and mike and all those people that uh didn't feel that they could come on and uh speak about their stories but we we sympathize with you and we we show solidarity with you um i think that the the film is on youtube it's called reaching over the noise and the reason uh, that the music's a bit loud on it um sorry about that but we did it on a budget of two grand and um also it's called reaching over the noise so we had to have a bit of noise for you to reach over so If you please watch it and try and talk to people, if you've got someone, like I have this guy, William, who says, "Uh, you you can't put anything on there that's anti-Semitic because you're all anti-Semitic in Labour, please tell them the facts, you know, say that they, if they've watched the Panorama documentary, say, watch this documentary and actually these are real people. Those people weren't real people.
1: I think it's worth finishing off as well that you know something really really poignant and that is that there are many far-right governments growing up now around europe not only around europe but in different parts of the world and nazi germany didn't come around by accident nazi germany came around because of propaganda and a repeating lie after lie after lie and there are many similarities of what we are now experiencing today
0: yeah so talk to your friends talk to your neighbors and and get let's get this out there and you know realize that actually we, we are all human beings and everybody deserves to live a, a life Absolutely. thank you very much everybody good night thanks lizzie good night everyone yes, thanks, lizzie. thanks everybody oh, yeah bye